have a unique purpose. And because you have a unique purpose, that means that no one else can do what you're called to do the way that you do it. Amen? And so that's what um, I want to talk about today. Amen? So I want to talk about purpose. And it's important for us to recognize the importance of purpose. Um, you know, when, when you accepted Christ, a lot of people believe that you accept Christ and, oh, yes, I'm saved. So now it's just the rest of my life sitting down in a chair just hearing stories of what God did in the past. And, oh, that's so great. And uh, a lot of people leave it at that, that their encounter with Christ was salvation. But the whole gospel, the whole good news isn't just salvation. It's the whole kingdom of God. And salvation is just a portion of that. You know, um, I was reading a lot during this week, and it said that um, that when Jesus started his ministry, that he would preach, uh, repent of your sins, turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near, and that he would show it. He wasn't uh, just another person that was just like, the kingdom of God is here, on to the next city. No, like he showed it. He started healing people. He started moving in power with the Holy Spirit. And he just showed everyone that the kingdom of heaven is near and the kingdom of heaven is here. And so a lot of people, their encounter with Christ is just salvation. Christ died on the cross for me. And it's true. And it's glorious. And it is important to know. But it's also important to know that salvation is not the finish line. It's the beginning. It's where you start in. It's, the, it's walking past the gates of the kingdom of heaven, but just staying in that property. You're not exploring. And that's what I want us to, um, to just kind of focus on, where, um, where salvation is the beginning of the kingdom. Purpose takes us even further into it. Amen? All right. So, um, yeah. So let's just pray before... I officially start. Um, so uh, just close your eyes. You know, let the spirit move. Just breathe in and out. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for being here with us, God. We thank you because we know, Father God, that you are here and that you are here speaking to us, Father God. That you, Lord, you love revealing yourself to us, Father God. And that's exactly what you're going to do, Father God. You are going to continue to reveal your glory, reveal your heart to us, Father God, your children to us, your saints, Father God. We thank you, Lord, because worship was incredible, Father God, Lord. And we know, Father God, just as you guided us in worship, Father God, you will guide us in this word, Father God, in this message, Lord. For you are in everything that we do, Lord, because you are faithful, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for everything that you're going to do tonight, Father God. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So I want to talk about purpose, and I want us to look at um, Peter's life for that whole journey. I, um, this, this, having purpose in God, it's really a journey. It's, um, it starts when you receive Christ, and it ends after eternity so it's like you you start this journey with god 
and it never stops until he says you're going to stop. And that's very unlikely with God. So um, I want us to look at, at Peter because Peter is one of those people that, like, if you really examine his life, it's like, whoa, like, he, he's, he's crazy, man. Like, he, he, was one of, he was that apostle. He was that disciple that would always get the answer wrong. Like, how, he was that kid in class that was eager to answer the question regardless whether he was right or wrong. And he was wrong most of the time. That, that's who Peter was in the group. Whenever Jesus would say something, Peter would be like, yes, it's this. And God's like, um, kind of, but not really. Like, you're kind, I see where your heart is, but no. So it's like, uh, Peter, I, he's a, a real good example, and I want us to examine uh, his life. So um, bef before we, it's Luke 5. Uh, for those of you guys that have Bibles, most of you guys should have Bibles because you guys have phones. Um, and you have a Bible app in there, hopefully. If not, you can go to the App Store. It's free, depending on your internet connection. You could download it pretty fast or not, but yeah. It's Luke 5, and it's uh, verse 4 through 11. But, um, okay. So, you... Um, when you encounter Christ, you get salvation and you get a lot of stuff with it. It's, it's a whole package deal. It's like if you get um, it's the, the premium for Disneyland. You know, you get the, all the days, you get discounts and everything. You get the park parking lot. Like, it's everything. It's more than just salvation. It's more than just getting to go to Disneyland. There, You get a lot of perks. And that's what a lot of people don't get. And so in order for purpose to come in, you have to have intimacy with God. You have to first know God in order to understand who he is and what he's called you to do. And so when you begin to know God, he establishes identity within you. And identity is good because when you receive identity, it now places you in a stable, it places you on stable ground. You cannot be uprooted. He begins to just nourish you and just let your roots grow down deep within him so that you can't be moved. So that when the devil comes to you, your identity is secure and you're not removed from the place of honor that God has placed you in. What purpose does is once you receive identity, you then know what you're called for. You then know how to walk in him. You then know where to go. It's good to be rooted in him but it's also important to walk the way that he's called you to walk because nobody else is walking that way. He calls you down a path that nobody else is walking. And it's important because then you, you, uh, you begin to bring glory to God in everything that you do because your purpose begins to just um, overflow into all areas of your life. Your relationship with God, that intimacy, that identity that he's established in you, it begins to um, manifest in that purpose that he's called you. And now you're living with him in your mind. You're living with him in your heart. And you're living according to that. Amen? All right. So um, Luke 5, verse 4. And it reads, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all, 
all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now you'll be fishing for people. As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Um, verse 10, the second part, again it says, Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. In other versions, it says that uh, you'll become a fisherman of men. And so the, the beginning of Peter's walk with Christ is this encounter. He has this encounter, and he's just doing what he does. He's a fisherman. He's there. He's by his boat, and he's just waiting there. In uh, the other Gospels, um, it says that Jesus came to this place. He got on a boat and started preaching, and then he tells uh, Simon, like, cast your net and get some fish. And so they do it, and they get a lot of fish. Uh, it says that their boat was on the verge of sinking. So you can imagine, that was a lot. And, like, for them to, to have been in awe of the number, then, like, you have to imagine, there, there were a lot of fish for these people that day-to-day um, -day they, they do this. It was a lot. It was a miracle in itself. And so he comes to the shore, does all this, and then Jesus says, you will be a fisherman of men. One thing that uh, I want us to look at is that Peter was just a common person. Peter wasn't special. He didn't have special knowledge of the word. He didn't have uh, an extravagant life. He was a fisherman. And in this time, like, I mean, it was good to have that for trade and everything, but you weren't a scholar. You weren't a king. You weren't a priest, you know? Like, it was good for, like, a small town area, but if you looked at it from an entire nation's point, then you were somewhat insignificant. And so this is who Peter was. This is who God had called and that he took him out from what he knew what to do. Like his job was being a fisherman. And then Christ said, look, I'm going to I'm going to take your talents and I'm going to do something greater with them. You catch fish. That's awesome. I'm going to make you catch men. I'm going to make you snag men. And later on, we'll see that he does fulfill that word in Peter. But. Right now, I just want us to focus on that. Peter was not someone special. And a lot of us, once we come to Christ, once we come there, we know there's another step to take, but we stop because we begin to examine ourselves without the Holy Spirit. We begin to examine ourselves without Christ, without the Father, and then we begin to see someone that is trapped and ensnared in sin. And without the Holy Spirit, you can understand that sin's not a part of you, that you're not disqualified, that you are called by God, that it doesn't matter what you think, it matters what he thinks, what he's doing, what he's called you to do. And so it, Peter is just that example for us, where it's like, it doesn't matter if we feel like we're smart, it doesn't matter if we feel like we're not smart, 
it doesn't matter if we're great at our job uh, being an accountant if we know how to type 180 words in like 50 seconds like it doesn't matter like God has called you and God has a plan for you he has that purpose for you and it's important to keep that because once you start with Christ then you begin to see yourself you begin to manifest that version of you that Christ has always seen that Christ is calling out amen all right let me make sure I didn't miss anything okay um and you know it's not bad also to um if you don't know what it is it's not bad to to ask for God to reveal it if anything God encourages that for you to ask him who you are for him to ask you for for you to ask him I'm sorry uh who you are and what you're meant for because Christ loves that God loves that when you talk to him when you are unsure of a situation he absolutely loves when you come to him just I don't know what to do what am I going to do like what are we going to do what do you have in store for us and so if you if you want that if God hasn't told you yet like what you're made for God hasn't told you yet what your purpose is ask him go ahead and ask him that's what he encourages you to do that's what he's saying like come to me if you don't know i'm i'm ready to tell you so that you can find that out you know matthew 7 7 says ask seek knock you know like there's this um there's this way of us just uh, knowing that when we ask god hears us and then it's just like this uh this chase of okay he's heard me now he's given it to me okay now i'm stewarding this now i have this now i'm running with this you know it's not just like okay yes i'm here Let's just stand still and breathe and live life like this. No, like there's, there's, it's a race. It's a race that we're running. And so if you don't know uh, what your purpose is, by the end of this, I encourage you to just come up and just ask God um, what your purpose is and just like begin to let his voice come over you. Let him begin to just manifest himself in you so that you do know that. Amen? All right. So the next, um, the next part of it is in Luke 22. And this is very short. I don't plan on going eight hours like some people. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but, like, it, it's, it's very short. Like, it's really simple. Like, I really want us to just focus on those that just really feel that, that hunger, that, that desire to go to the next step. I just want to focus most of this time for that. So, I mean, it won't take long. I also won't rush it so that I don't rob you guys of the word that God is trying to give you. But um, if it feels like we're going fast, it's because it's very short. And it's because of the people that need this. So blame them. Okay? All right. All right, Luke 22, verse uh, 32. When you guys have it, please say amen after Mario. Grandma's got it, okay. All right, and that sounds like most of you guys. And it says, um, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you 
and even to die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. All right. Um, for those of you guys that have read any part of this, you guys know that this comes true. It's Jesus, so usually what he says does come true. Um, but this is after they take uh, Jesus, like the what he's saying, it comes to pass after they take Jesus. And Paul, uh, I'm sorry, Peter, he's in this place, and these people recognize him. They're like, hey, aren't you Jesus' disciple? And he's like, nah, nah, no, that's not me. It's, I have that face, like, you know, like, it, it's not me. And so um, they ask him three times, and what Jesus says does come to pass. And so I, I want us to examine that because um, a, lot of, a lot of us feel that once we've actually messed up that we're disqualified. And I want us to see, like, we, we know the Bible. We know how it ends. You know, God gave us a past. He gave us some word for what's happening now. And he gave us a word in Revelation that's just like, okay. And then, like, in the end, we're all happy living with, with God. And so I, I wanted to, to see that because Peter, we know, became the chief apostle for the Jews. He was the, the head for that church. And so... Before he became that Peter, he was this Peter. And so right now, I just want to say it doesn't matter where you're at now. It doesn't matter if you feel you're, you're falling short of what God has called you for. This is a journey. Your, your entire relationship, your entire purpose with God, it's a journey. And so a journey isn't just like, oh, thank God. Oh, man, duh. I'm so glad that's so over with. No, it's just like, okay, step after step, you know, you're going day by day. You're going um, until God says, all right, like, you know, you've made it. Like, you still keep going. And so a lot of times what that looks like is that we'll have bad days, you know. We'll have days where it's just like, oh, my God, like, I did not pray my two hours that I'm so used to. Like, oh, my God. Or it's just like, oh. We're in a drought, and I went six minutes and not five minutes. Oh, my God. Like, you know, there are bad days that we have, and that's absolutely fine, you know. We're living in this world. We Life happens, you know. Like, there are just those days where instead of joy, you wake up like a cranky old man, and you're like, the sun is too bright, God. Why? Why did you do this, you know? Like, it, it's it's fine. It's fine to have those days where you just fall short so long as you know that's not where you belong so long as you know that that's not where you're called to dwell in you know the bible says for us as believers that um the relationship between us and sin is no longer we're slaves to to sin that's no longer the relationship that sin is now a snare to us and so before the issue was that sin was all around us and sin was within us now the issue is that sin can snare us up and if any of you guys have any idea about hunting you guys know that snares are used uh, to trap and so that's what happens uh, in our lives today as believers as victorious believers is that we will unfortunately have those days where we will will get ensnared and it doesn't mean that oh I'm a sin to to, to uh, I'm a slave to sin again oh my god like no I'm, I'm going back to the law no 
doesn't mean that. Like, it's just, it happens, you know? Like, the enemy's always trying to hinder you. He's always trying to keep you from knowing more of God. He's trying to just put you down and just take away all power and authority that Christ has given to you. And it looks like that. It looks like being ensnared. You just, you're not moving. And it's important to understand in those moments to always come back to God, to always allow him to work through you because he's the only person that gets you out and he's the only person that leads you through the wilderness. Amen? And so Paul, fisherman, he's going to be a fisherman of men. He denies Christ. Right before he denied, right before Jesus says this, he says, Jesus, I am ready to go to prison for you. I am ready to die for you. And Jesus is like, hold up, bro. No, you're not. Like, this is what's going to happen, but don't worry. I'm not holding it against you. And so it, we have those moments where that passion, that, that desire for God, we, we want that. We're, we're just like, come on, let's do this. Let's go 12 rounds with the world. Like, let's do it. Like, you know, like we have that. And then like, you get in there and just like you get beat up and just oh no god i can't like you know like we have those moments but just because we have those moments it doesn't mean that you weren't called by god it doesn't mean that you're not called that you're not um that you're not made for that amen so it's it's okay to have bad days it's okay if you get if you're not having any traction if you're not having any momentum it's fine so long as you don't live a life where you're not moving, so long as you're not living a life that's disconnected from God, that's absolutely fine. Because if you go to him in those moments, he'll be like, hey, don't worry about it. Come on, let's keep going. Here, I'm helping you up here. Take my hand. All right, let's keep going. Let's just focus on me. Don't just forget about that. That's in the past. You know, let's just keep walking forward. Let's just keep going. Let's just keep exploring this love that I have for you. Amen? And so... You, you just you just have to realize that when God has called you, he's called you. That if he's called you, nothing can take that away from you. It's, it's like salvation, you know? Like, it doesn't matter if you're in a season where you're just, oh, my God, my purpose, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm never going to do it. Like, you know, like. It's, it's just like that. If you're always connected with God, you'll always have a purpose, and he'll always call you to that. He will always lead you to that purpose so that you fulfill it. Because there was, there's no one like you in this world. There's no one like you in the history of creation, and there will be no one like you uh, in the ages to come. And that's what's important, is that God has called you to partner up with you because there's no one like you, and that you were called to do what you do the way that you do it. All right, um, John 21. Oh, that looks nice. That's awesome. Bella, you're, you're incredible. I hadn't seen that. She texted me today. She's like, hey, oh, my God. You're going to preach. Oh, that's so exciting. What is it about? Like, so I can make something. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it, but I just want to know. So I, like, I told her, and I was like, she probably won't have enough time to do it. But that's incredible. Like, you're incredible, man. David, she's a keeper. She's a keeper, man. 
Amen. <laughs> uh, um, John 21, verse 15 through 17. Amen. You guys have it? Just say amen. Do the wave amongst yourselves. Like, do something so that I know. Uh, there you go. This, this section has got it. Amen. Thank you, God, for freedom. All right. John 21, 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He was talking about those that were around, the disciples that were around. Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs. I don't know what you guys have, but mine says lambs. Jesus told them. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. And take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. All right. This happens after the resurrection. This happens after Jesus was crucified. So that, that means this happened after Peter denied Christ. And here Christ is, do you love me? Of course I do, man. Like, you know, like, I'm ready to go to prison. I'm ready to die for you. Then take care of my flock. Jesus asks Peter, a man that denied him, a man that was afraid to, to be known as an associate with Christ. He tells him, take care of my flock, take care of my sheep. Like I said, we have those bad days. We have those moments where we're just like, I'm not me. And they're fine because usually what happens afterwards is like, you're right. You're acting somewhat out of character, but this is who you are. This is who I've called you. And he brings you back into that reality of who he's made you to be, of who he's called you to be, of your purpose. He reminds you of that. He's like, you were made for this. You were made to to just pierce every heart that you encounter, that your words would just run like rivers and just fill other people with life, that you were called to just lay your hands on people and they would become restored emotionally. They would become restored mentally. They would become restored physically, that you would just be around them and that my spirit in you would be so great that peace would fill that room in that moment, that all anxiety would just wash away as my peace comes into the room. He begins to speak this into you. And this is what Jesus was telling Peter. Look, I'm trusting you with my flock. I'm trusting you to be the head. He's trusting a guy that a couple chapters ago denied him completely. He was so afraid. And so, like I said, it's important to have intimacy because you get identity and you get purpose. It's also important because when you have those bad days, whatever's holding you back, whatever is just keeping you tied down, you can give it to God, and he just replaces it. That's like You see it in here that Jesus isn't talking to Peter like, oh, you know, you denied me, but uh, do you want to do this? Like He's not remembering that Peter. He's calling forth a Peter that will take care of the flock. He's calling a Peter that has a heart for 
the flock of Jesus Christ. And he's saying, hey, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Okay, take care of them. Because when God has called you into a purpose, whatever it is, when he has called you, when he has placed an anointing and a calling on your life, it's always important that he's the one that began that thing in you and he's the one that will finish it. So we constantly have to be uh, close to him. We have to have that, that relationship with him. Because if we don't, then it's easy to just wander away. It's easy to just kind of, I was made for this. And we begin to just think, oh, this looks like that. And God's like, no, 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 no. It looks so much more better. It looks so much more greater than that. And so in intimacy, in, in that, that relationship with God, when God begins to bring forth the, the creation he always intended, the creation that he had in mind from the beginning of eternity to the end of eternity, he's like, no. Peter, you're the one that's going to take care of my flock. You're the one that's going to... He completely forgets that he, that, that he denied him. He completely forgets that's the Peter that did that. He's saying, no, 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 no. This is a Peter I can depend on. This is a Peter that I can trust. This is a Peter that I can just give this to him, and he won't fail me. And so we have those moments. We have those things where it's just like, oh, I don't know, God. I don't know if I can be that guy. I don't know if I can be that woman. I don't know if you can trust me with this. And God's like, don't worry. It's fine. I know who you are. I know what you can handle. And I'm calling you for this. I'm calling you to be victorious in this. I'm calling you to, to heal the sick. Calling you to raise the dead. Calling you to make disciples of all nations. I'm calling you to take care of the orphans or the widows. But he has called you. And when God has called you, he's not calling the, the version of you that's there before him. He's calling the one that he's perfected he's calling because he knows that every step that you take you're changing with him every step that you take with him you're hearing his voice and you're starting to speak like him you're starting to think like him you're starting to move like him so that when situations arise in your life where it seems impossible or situations arise in your life where the only expression that you can have is just sorrow god you begin to understand that god's like no come on look at me and you begin to understand that those situations now, they call for rejoicing. They call for breakthrough. And you begin to have faith in that. You begin to have a journey with God that just transforms you and transforms your environment altogether. Some of us will be called for standing behind a pulpit preaching. Some of us will be called to evangelize. Some of us will become teachers. Some of us will be apostles. Some of us will be prophets or prophetesses. Or some of us will just be called to heal. Some of us will be called to break chains. Some of us will be called to worship in a manner that the, the powers that are in this world, they break completely, they shatter, that they bow down before God. Some of us were called to free the captive. And it doesn't matter what you're called for. The journey looks the same. You have to be with God. You have to stay with him. Because he's the one that's constantly reminding you of what he's called you for. And he's constantly reminding you of who you are. Because part of doing what you do is being who you are with him. You know, God, it, it's so incredible. A good father will never talk to his children the same. You know? A good father will always, always take their, their children's character into consideration 
and he'll say the same thing differently. You know, to one to one child, he could be like, "Hey, clean your room," just flat out like that, and they'll they won't take offense to it. They'll be like, "Okay, yeah, sure." Another one, hey, you know, like room's kind of messy. You know, uh, you know something should happen, and still, like you know, saying the same thing, clean your room, but it's completely different because a good father knows how to talk to his children. Just like that, we're not the same. None of us in this room can describe God the same way as the other person because we're different and God talks to us according to that difference, according to how he's created us. And he begins to express himself. He begins to manifest himself according to that. You know, the beginning of this ministry, Mario was talking a lot about grace. Beginning of this ministry, all God was talking to me was love. And it used to frustrate frustrate me because I'm like, Mario, get to the good stuff, you know? Like, let's get to love, you know? Like, let's get to that portion of our name, like, you know? And other people, it's power. Other people, it's healing. Because God has spoken to us in that manner. God has spoken to us in that, in, in that, um, in that form, in that emphasis of power, healing, kingdom, of just um, the word breaking chains you know we begin to see God who he is and we begin to move according to that and a lot of times what ends up happening is how God manifests in your life is usually how he's called you to express in this life for other people if God is telling is only talking to you about healing most likely he's going to use you to heal people if he's calling you to to um, to understand grace it's because he's putting a message of grace in you if he's saying power because he's he's putting in you power to just express the kingdom on earth you know how he talks to you how he expresses himself through you is usually what you're called to express into this world so if you don't know what you're called for go back to that encounter go back to those encounters of how god is talking to you because most likely that's what you're called for you're called to move like that to talk the way that he's talking to you to just begin to move how he's moved in your life Amen? All right. So at the end of the, uh, right after his resurrection, the days that he's visiting his, uh, his disciples, this is the third time that he's visited them. He goes to Peter. He's like, hey, I completely forgot that you have denied me. I've completely forgot that you were that Peter. Today, I'm calling a different Peter. Today, I am saying, take care of my flock. And so um, Peter didn't get it but um, when I was reading this the thought that kept coming to mind is um, you have to come back to God in order to fulfill what he's called you for in this case Jesus kept saying do you love me then feed my flock if you love me then take care of my sheep take care of my lamb what was the thing okay take care of the lamb but remember that you love me come back to me remember why you're doing it remember why you're called for it it's me so we have to always come back to him we always have to come back to him to continue our journey in that purpose. Amen? All right. Acts 2. The, it's verse 14. Mario's got it. Thank God for 4G. Acts 2, 
verse 14. I lost. Okay, here it is. Um, and it reads, Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. Jump over to verse 37. 37 reads, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the, forgi for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The beginning of Peter's uh, walk with Christ, you'll become a fisherman of men. We see that fulfilled here. This is after three years being with Christ. This is after he denied Christ. This is after Jesus Christ was resurrected. As soon as they received the Holy Spirit, they begin to speak in tongues. Other people from around, uh, from around different parts of Jerusalem and other places, they came. They started hearing these men speak in their tongues. And they started to wonder, whoa, what's going on here? Like, they're speaking our languages. And others started to say, oh, they're probably just drunk. And this is, what, uh, this is where we walk in when Peter stands up and he says, no, that's not at all what's happening. That's, what's, uh, that's, that's the backstory. These people, they heard them speak in tongues. Some of them thought they were drunk. And this, this version of Peter was no longer afraid to be known as an associate of Christ. You see, we, it's important to have intimacy, to trade what is uh, holding us back. If it's fear, God will give you boldness. You know, if it's, uh, if it's weakness, God will give you strength. You know, if it, whatever it is, God just replaces it and he gives you uh, what you need in order to keep moving forward. So the Peter that denied Christ is not the Peter that is standing before these people. This Peter is completely transformed. This Peter is the one that's filled with boldness. He's filled by the Spirit and he's like, no, 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 no. This isn't what happened. We're not drunk, okay? Like, we're having fun, but we're not drunk. Like, this is the Holy Spirit. This is because of Christ. And he begins to have it. He begins to just throw them with what, what's going on. He begins to just like, Christ is Lord. Christ. These people are like, whoa. You've like, what, what? Okay, what do we do? What do we do to, to receive this? What do we do? And so it fulfills what Christ had said in the beginning. You'll become a fisherman of men. It says that Peter's words pierced the heart of these men. You know, he, he, he snagged them. He got them. He was reeling them in. He's like, hey, you know, no, Christ loves you. Like, that's like he's here displaying power, but he wants to display it in your life as well. And at hearing that, these people, oh, okay, what do we do? You know, they begin to come forward. They begin to give their lives to Christ. They begin to uh, want to explore the kingdom, you know. And so it's exactly what, what Jesus said. You will capture these you'll capture men you know like your talents you're great at catching fish now i'll give you talents that are greater you're gonna you're gonna catch men for the glory of the kingdom and he does that so it doesn't matter how you're you're walking it doesn't matter how slow it doesn't matter how fast it doesn't matter uh how your journey is looking like because it's your journey it's your journey with god one thing that you should never do is compare yourself to somebody else to the brother right next to you because your journey does not look like his. He might be going up through hills and you're going through valleys and you're like, okay, he's, he's elevated to a place of honor, God. And it's like, no, he's just on a hill. Like that's where his path is going. 
but your path is through here. Your path is through this portion of the wilderness, you know? And so you just have to have to have that intimacy with God because if he calls you, and he has called you, he's called every single one of you guys in this room. He has called you, and it's important to stay close to him because not even Jesus walked away from God. Jesus lived his ministry with the Holy Spirit, kept asking the Father, okay, what are we going to do now? What are, what are your plans for this city? What, what are, what's going to happen now? I, I want to know, God. I want to know. Jesus modeled the perfect life of a, of a believer. He modeled the perfect life of a Christian, constantly coming back to God. You know, if we were just to look at Jesus Christ as just a man, his purpose was to save the world, and he couldn't do that without God. He kept coming back to God. He kept going back and saying, okay, what are we going to do? Okay, um, tell me how to, how to pray. Tell me, tell me what you're going to do here. Who are you going to heal? Who are you going to? And he was so, so, uh, so close to God that obviously he's the son, that he's um, part of the Trinity, that he was God, but he was also man. And in, in, the, in the flesh, he was expressing, okay, what, what does it look like to be man partnered up with God? And we see it. It's, it's life that's victorious. He was tempted, so best believe you're going to be tempted. But he was victorious. You know, he was guided by the Holy Spirit. He was given victory over everything, given power and authority over everything. And he has given that power and authority to you. So that means, oh, it's fine if you get tempted. It's fine if you get ensnared, so long as you know that's not your condition that's not where you belong. That's not at all what you're called for. Amen? If that hasn't shown you, like, okay, if Peter can do it, if Peter's life was just, a, like, completely uh, weird and that, like, despite knowing Christ, despite walking with him, that he denied uh, Christ, I want to show you guys another person. Uh, and I'm sure you guys are going to, some of you guys know, go to Acts 7. And it's just four more verses. Acts 7, uh, 57 and 58. Amen? You guys look nice. All right. Um, Acts 7, 57 and 58. Then they put their hands over their ears and began, to sh uh, and began shouting, they rushed at him, him being Stephen, and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man, of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. All right, Saul, as some of us know, was later named Paul. So the, the apostle that, that writes most of the New Testament is this guy. He's the guy that was present at the stoning of Stephen. It, um, the next chapter, verse uh, 1 and 3. Uh, Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. Verse 3. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the, the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Okay. We saw Peter, fisherman. He wasn't that smart. You know, he was doing day-to-day -day stuff, trading fish like, hey, you know, give me fish for like some some rice. You know, let's let's do this. You know, he that that was Peter. Saul, on the other hand, 
he was a murderer. He was straight up assassinating believers. Like they, they knew, like the, the people that were stoning Stephen, they put their coats there and just like, hey, this is cool. This is what we're doing to this guy. Is it fine? Oh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Go ahead, do it. Like, it's, it's cool with me. Like, I, I believe this is what God wants. You know, and they did that. They killed people. And, and Saul, Paul, he was leading the charge for that. Later on, um, he ends up having an encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus. He, he has a vision and just, um, well, not a vision, but um, he begins to have an encounter with Christ, and it changes him completely. So much so that God changes his name afterwards. He's no longer Saul, he's Paul. And instead of killing the believers, he becomes the chief apostle for the Gentiles. So he's, he's, he's placed in the same arena as Peter, only now for the Gentiles, to explain everything to them. And so this is a guy that before, his, before he had an encounter with Christ, he was killing people. So, Peter, we see that our life doesn't have to be perfect for us to be called by God. That with our journey with God, we just have to keep on being with him. That's all that matters. You know, we'll have bad days, but we'll have incredibly amazing days with God. We'll, we'll always have that. God will always be faithful and he will always, even on the bad days, he'll still like, hey, you can't like, you, you. You stumbled a little bit, but let's get ice cream, you know, some sprinkles. Like, you know, you deserve that. Like, he always, he'll always reward us, even if we don't deserve it, because that's who God is, you know. And Peter displays that example of a life where it's like, some, sometimes we'll, we'll be good and sometimes we won't be good, but God is good. So that's all that matters. And then Paul displays a completely different life. It doesn't matter what, how you were before you came to Christ. It doesn't matter what your life looked like before you came to God. He will transform you completely. And Paul is an example of that. You know, after this, he's just revealing mystery after mystery to the Gentiles. He confronts Peter on uh, Peter later on in the book of Acts and just kind of like, hey, whoa, 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 slow your road, dude. Like, you're completely wrong in doing this. Like, he's just now so zealous for God and his people that instead of killing believers, he's now with them and be like, hey, come on, let's do this. Come on. Who, uh, we're going to go to the city and like I know I was leading the charge to kill people I know people are, are dying because of this belief but we're going to go, we're going to keep doing this and we're going to get other people and we're going to grow this church and that's who Paul was so it doesn't matter if your life was horrible before Christ, if you were doing other stuff that you shouldn't have been doing before or if now in this life after you receive Christ that there are day, you have bad days like it doesn't matter You've been called and that you will fulfill that purpose because God is good. Because God has called you and if God has called you and he has, you will fulfill that purpose. Because God is never leaving you. He's just, okay, when you're ready, let's go. Okay, you let, let's go one step at a time. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Come on, let's keep, come on. Yeah, you look good. Come on, let's keep doing this, you know. Like that's who God is. That He never leaves our side. He's constantly by our side, within us, covering us behind us, guarding us, making sure the path ahead is good. Like, he's taking care of everything. He's, he really has. And all he's saying is like, come on, just walk with me. Just listen to what I'm saying. Just listen to how I'm calling you. Listen to what I'm saying. Because I'm calling you to do what I'm doing right now. To say what I'm saying. 
to speak to other people the way that I'm speaking to you. Amen.